0: Welcome to Game Design Chat, hosted by the Knoxville Game Design Meetup. Uh, The group meets the second Sunday of the month, and the podcast is recorded after the meetup. We just kind of hang out and do this hereafter. Um, If you live in the Knoxville, Tennessee area and would like more information on the group, check out knoxgamedesign.org. You can find out all of our information, including what games we're going to be playing next uh, on the podcast, which we actually decided, and I forgot. That's, like, the one thing I didn't prepare. I had this whole prepared thing to, like, not screw up the intro,
1: it was like the Minecraft Ultima clone. I don't remember the it's, name. It's not Minecraft. It's uh, uh, Ultima Underworld. Yeah, Barony. Uh, was it? Barony? Barony? I think so.
0: Barony? Hold on. You've already learned I cannot use the, the laptop to look up while recording or else the audio goes to crap. So uh, I'm not doing that again. Um, I'm going to look it up and then... Dylan's going to look it up and get back to us on that. Joe, um, I'm, I'm joined with Joe, Dylan, Levi, and, and Mike here. Um, what have you been playing recently or working on recently you want to kick off the show with?
2: Uh, sure, yeah. I'm um, Joe. Been playing uh, Final Fantasy XIV still. Kind of gotten sucked back into that. There's uh, a crossover event with Yokai Watch going on in-game that's a limited event, but it has a lot of grinding to it. A lot of RNG just uh, trying to finish it before it runs out. I know it runs until like October, but I can't not do it. Like I, I, I know it's limited, and I know that it takes RNG. So I just want to finish it. I'm like seventy percent done, but I, uh, it's been fun. And then, um, yeah.
0: All right, Dylan. Well, first of all, you got a confirmation on the name is Is this what you remember? That looks like it. I think it was Joe's recommendation. So, Barony, what's so.
2: the... cursed edition? First, First edition. edition.
0: Okay, find that on Steam and, and the other places. There'll be a link in the notes uh, to that. That's going to be our game uh, next month. This month is Anodyne is what we're going to get to. But um, thanks for doing that, Dylan. But how was your week, your month, I guess? Um, playing on still playing overwatch um kind of
3: migrated back to doing quick play switching out chasing achievements for different characters instead of playing hardcore um started playing bravely second uh, while i was traveling a okay. couple weeks how, ago how that? um it's really it's a lot like the original it's really good in uh in terms of you know, that old-school JRPG style of combat. It's interesting because the first jobs that you start picking up seem to be a little bit more complicated and kind of under- expect you to understand the Brave default system a little bit better,
0: which... Is that know, the the is referencing? It's like Brave yes. default and your second job?
3: No, I don't know. Well, no, what I think what the title is referencing is there's some sort of, I know they had something like this and I never used it in the first one because it's actually tied to like, there's a micro payment where you can refill it. But there's like a time stop and that gives you extra actions. The typical idea though, in, in your typical combat outside of that is, you know, normally in a JRPG, you get one action per turn. This you can basically spend actions on your future turns or save up actions and defend to either perform more attacks and and kill monsters on the first, you know, your first uh, round, or in some cases, there are abilities that cost multiple actions. And like the first class you get actually costs, has things that, modifiers that will cost multiple actions. it's kind of more of the same, although like it's it's less the old school um like the the story is less the old school JRPG that I remember and more there's like an anime opening once you finish the prologue and everything. More Atlas in uh, uh,
0: effect on the- Yeah,
3: like the the main character is is almost like your your fan fiction Mary Sue like I love you guys. I loved you guys in the first game. You guys are so awesome. <laughs> um but- yeah, it's pretty good. It's got a couple more. It's got like a uh, clicker game mini game as well. They keep throwing in things like that.
1: Ooh. all right, Levi. Uh, well, I haven't played too much over the last month. I did finish Odin Sphere, Leaf Strasser, the Odin Sphere remake, and uh, yeah, it was good. I thought it was a good example of how to reuse a lot of bosses and levels and make them interesting. Uh, but I've primarily been working on a couple of new games. Well, one game that I had been working on was a Supermarket Simulator Express Line, which I just demoed for the Knoxville Game Design Group about 30 minutes ago. And I did create a new graphical 3D interface for that and also did a mini Ludum Dare, uh, the number 69, which the theme was colonization. And I made... There's an old BBS game called Trade Wars 2002, which I used to love to play. So I made like a new 3D version of that game, and this was my first time using a data store called SQLite for the game. So I explored using that uh, for storing data for the game. So that's pretty much what I've been up to. All
0: right, um, my game development stuff is is been on the back burner. It's just the crazy last month going on with Code Stock and everything, getting ready for that. So I haven't. Moved too much more into redoing quest, um, which sucks once again because next week uh, is the Emerald, uh, not Emerald, Emery Place block party, which is the street that we're located on. So we'll be here showing off our games in the group again. And I'm once again going to be showing the Unity 3 build because the Unity 5 build isn't in anywhere near a functional state. But, um, you know, maybe next summer. That's my goal now. My goal now is next summer. Game-wise, I guess the game that I played that's of interesting note, people would rather, you know, the one I should mention is No Man's Sky. And I've been playing that, I think I'm about 15, 16 hours into the game now, or I have hours in the game. And I'm still trying to answer to myself if it's a good game or not. I can't really, like, I don't know. It's, um, it's, it's interesting in that... <clears throat> You know, it's, it's a procedurally generated world and everything like that. And there's been a lot of talk into like the size of the world, but all the planets that I have landed on or explored, you can tell they come from the same randomizer, like the terrain algorithms, the same on all of them. The, um, the formations are the same. The rock formations are the same on all of them. The plant life looks the same on all of them. The resource looks the same on all of them, you know, and then even the creatures don't look that different, you know, between planet to planet. they just, they seem to be a randomized element of, you know, we have these 3D model parts and we stitch them together. We grab these legs and this head, and then that's a creature. But the pool it's drawing from isn't, feels wide enough that they really feel like, wow, this galaxy is completely wildly new from the last one I jumped from. Um, and I think my biggest complaint in the game, which I was reading this morning on, uh, cause I was like, I can't be the only one having this problem. Like this is too big of an oversight and I must be missing a menu. It, is there's no map, um, of, of worth in the game. There's a galactic map which shows star systems and they're just little yellow, yellow dots. That's it. Just a whole bunch of little yellow dots. Uh, there is a, there's a linear quest in the game. There's a path to follow. So that path is highlighted of like, hey, you should just go down this thing. And then I guess each, you should find something in each one of these areas that clue into what you're doing. Um, and I did have a few story events occur. <clears throat> and I think you have to do a certain amount of that because I did unlock certain plans and crafting that I don't think you would have unlocked otherwise if you didn't do that. So you kind of are locked into that whether or not you want to do it. Like if you just want to explore. Oh, sorry, like you're going to be limited into how far you go. You'll have to get some of these plans to get to some areas. Um, There's no solar system level map. So once you warp into an area, you can look around from your ship. But that's terrible because your ship's got a full 360 and keeping an orientation is, is a nightmare. And plus there's a mechanic in the game that if you stay in space too long... Space pirates start coming out and attacking you. So there's a constant like get into space, pick your target, light speed there, and get out of space. Um, Otherwise, you're just going to be fighting off endless arrays of of pirates, Um, which sucks because you can't take time to explore it. Um, When you get on a planet and you find little transmission terminals or little other data caches that tell you, like a little geolocating thing, hey, there's an item here. That marker's on your map now. There's a ruin. There's an outpost. There's something there. You get there, and like, oh, okay, I can sell things here. These are the rates they're buying. Or this is a crash ship. It needs for repair these these items, and then I can repair this crash ship and swap it with my own. So I want to do that. So let me get back to the the galactic trade booth so I can get the things I need to fix this ship up. Well, you already visited, so it's off your radar. And there's no map that shows you where you could be. There's a log that tells you you went to these places because that's the whole like you can rename everything and upload the names but there's no interface in that to say set a marker for this point so this morning i was really really frustrated because last night i found which apparently going to be really hard to come by again i found a, a space station that was buying a mineral at 100% over This is your trade wars right here, right? Yeah,
1: that sounds
0: very similar. 100% over market price. And it's like, that mineral is common. Let me zoom to the nearest planet. Yeah, it's all over this planet too. I stripped everything. I ripped off every weapon system, everything I could do to maximize space to load up on that uh, mineral fly it back into space and sell it. And I did that like twice. And I got myself to like $2.5 million. Now I can just out and out buy a ship. So I'm watching people fly in because you have to like offer another, there's no like ship store. You have to like find somebody else who has a ship. And usually they're coming to this spaceport flying in and out. You can walk up to the other ships, interact with them. one. Usually a prompt is, can I offer your ship? And then they say like, Hey, it's going to be this much money. And the combination of finding a ship that was an upgrade from my own looked good and also had decent storage space. It was getting hard. So my wife was on the couch me and me. I'm like, well, I got the warp drive. I got the money. Let's just warp to the next system and like, see, do I get cooler ships or something different there? You know, it's a new system. So I warped there and the answer was no, these all look worse. I want to go back. I can't find how to get back to the place oh. I just left. I spent an hour this morning with the galactic map trying to find it by just randomly clicking on stars nearby, there's no way to even put names up on them. So I could even, like, see the names of the stars. Do you have, like, coordinates? in your coordinates? Because, see,
3: that, that would be the simple solution is just I'm going to write a post-it note and here are the places I want to go. It's
0: like a big slap in the face that the driving quest is this thing called atlas and it's like yeah because that's what i want the most i want an atlas okay i want a randy mcnally space guy here you know even if it's not like i get it's supposed to be unexplored area so i get it's like oh it's not all mapped out because it's all unexplored Which is a load of hokey because like every planet you land on, there's crashed ships, there's bases, there's outposts, there's ruins of ancient civilization. It's like nothing's unexplored here. Everything's been explored to death. Um, And every planet is also hostile. Like the planet itself is like toxic rain or sub-zero temperatures so you can't be outside that long. It's like it's the exploration game for people who don't want to explore. Sounds like it it wants to keep you moving, and that's its goal. Like it It has all these mechanics. Popped up on my thing. Hey, you know there's this quest, right? Well, it's like, yeah, I'm over here doing my thing right now. Shut up, okay? I'm trying to explore and take in all this RNG generated stuff, and I'm having fun over here for the moment. Quit annoying me that I'm not progressing. Um, The other thing it does is um, it has all these achievements. Of like, you've walked 2,000 feet, you've walked 5,000 feet, you've walked 1,000 feet. And when the achievement triggers, it goes into a letterboxing, like it does the movie 27 by 1 aspect ratio type thing, and then puts in a big font, you know, your achievement and plays music, and it lasts 20 seconds. That it interrupts me from my game. I'm like, that's great that that was my 50th Sentinel that I just shot down. I have three more that are shooting at me right now, and I can't interact back because you're popping up this text on me. And there's these things that are just like actively making me hate the experience, and it's like I can't judge the underlying bits. Would I like it if these things weren't in my way? Because at its base system, it's very much a, a loop of, you know, I. Have a ship that I can fly out to star systems so I can land on the planet so I can mine the systems for materials so that I can craft things so I can buy a better ship to fly out into other star systems so I could get materials and I could mine the planet to make a better ship. So I can, you know, and it's like that seems to be the whole gameplay loop here outside this one little like quest thing. And I'm like, is that fun enough on its own for me to say this is a good game? I don't know. 'Cause this thing getting in my way of like I just wanna go back to this base I was in. Plus that galaxy I left to like hop out to the other one, there were places on my map I hadn't explored yet. So I had like ruins to go visit and things like that. And some of this stuff seems to be interesting. So there's like a um uh what was Quark's race from Ferengi? Ferengi. Yeah, it seems to be like this Ferengi race. Uh they got beaks for um Uh, rules of acquisition and all that they are they're totally like a trader race they're totally all about the gold press latium and and like let's make a deal and i've learned so much about their culture i found so much of their i know most of their language now the thing is i keep finding all their ancient rune artifacts and then you read like their religious texts right unlocks and it's just like we are the chosen race and shall dominate all others. There will be none left when our chosen days come. It's like, they're like this weird, you know, like Aryan race merchants though. Like, when you talk to them, they're all like trading, wheeling deals. Hey, you want to make a deal? And you read this like dark text of like, what are you guys doing with all this gold? And it's like, I'm liking like finding out, like, is this like your prehistory text of like, this is the way we were. And then we had the event, and they were like, that we don't talk about anymore. Maybe, That's our darkest. Maybe
3: they're all just nominal and only go to services on Space Easter and Space Christmas. Maybe.
0: You know, it's <laughs> just like, so I was like, I want to find out what the rest of the story is behind the thing. And there's like counters, to achievements, and everything of like number of pieces of words I know and number of things I've unlocked to like give me an idea of like how much more I should explore. Well, when I warped that new system, it was a different race. And I don't see the bird pe- people anymore. And it's like, I want to get back to a system with them because I know a lot about them. I could trade really well with them. They also trade so that it makes it easier to get things. Now I'm with this warrior race and like the options to trade for resources are like half of what they were. And it's like, this sucks. This isn't this this is this isn't the game I don't want to play because now like I got to go grind for my materials versus like find a material I can get a bunch of and sell to then buy the material I need, you know? Um, And I just, I want to go back, and I can't. There's nothing on my map. There's no coordinate system. There's no... And I read somewhere, I was like, we made a design decision. Sean, the the lead developer whatever, it's like a design decision to not encourage this map use. We want to encourage this frustration, I guess. It it
3: might make sense for a certain type of gameplay, but it doesn't fit... Everyone's gameplay. It expects you to play in a very specific way, which seems counter to
0: what. And it's hard to nail down. Like, what was No Man's Sky supposed to be? Because it was so vague. Yeah. Um, but it seems counter to like this really open-ended game, to really focus on one gameplay method. So that's what I played. I don't know. I'm gonna keep doing. I mean, I dropped ten hours into it straight yesterday without thinking about it. But then there are those those like. Those MMO 10 hours where you're like, you stop at the end of it and you're starving and you haven't eaten. And then, like, you just start questioning. I'm like, am I making good decisions with my life right
3: now? (laughs) It's the treadmill. Like, you, 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 the treadmill is compelling, but am I getting something interesting from being on it? I mean, I
0: think what I like about Dark Souls is it's sort of an MMO setting that I don't have to deal with other people or the treadmill. And like the reason I replay that game again is sort of like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm going to um, South Shore or whatever it was in WoW again, and I'm going to do this quest again that I know is here with my new character. You know, I get that without the horrible grindy treadmill bits of WoW yeah, and without the other player. Well, there is the other players, but when the other player, they're either there to help you take down a boss or they're to fight. There's no guild shenanigans. There's no drama. It's like we're either fighting or taking down this boss. Okay, we're either doing a raid or we're killing each other. There's no in between. There's no discussion. All right, what are you here for? I can wave a moat. That's like it. (laughs) No chat. All right, well, that went on way longer than I thought, but so did No Man's Sky. (laughs) Um. (laughs) All right, so we're moving on to our game this month, which is Anodyne. Um, I recommended this one. This was like one I showed because uh, I'm not going to name names. I'm not calling anyone out. But I just saw on Twitter um, this game get mentioned and then somebody's like, oh, I love this game and there was another tweet and another tweet and somebody else who I generally respect said, like, this is almost my game of the year in 2013 or whatever year it came out. And I'm like, huh. Okay, I'm hearing Zelda-like and Game of the Year Gotta play this. Gotta check
2: this out. So I guess we'll start with Joe.
0: Because <laughs> uh, you said earlier before we started recording you rage quit at one point.
2: I did the the first time I played. Um, I, I played for about 40 minutes. And I got to a particular jumping puzzle in a room where there were rolling spike things and gaps in the floor. And you had to get I around think I know you're talking about. the room. And I couldn't do it. And I feel like... It's it was a limitation of the tiling and where the game decided what counted as landing on the platform or getting hit by the spikes, as opposed to a skill set. I was getting really frustrated with it. because so I- you hit
0: that early, you said. So I guess that's one downside of the open design, because I think I know what you're talking about, and that was like the last of the three key dungeons. That I did. So by that point, my health meter was so high, I could just get hit by things and run through them and not have to deal with most of that.
3: How many key dungeons were there? There there were were three
0: dungeons that had a key. Okay. And then you did a thing with that. I forget. Maybe that that was the windmill part with the keys. That's where I stopped, the windmill. And then... Because it moved all the stuff. Because you had to collect a bunch of cards to get to the final room anyway, so...
2: I, I think I had about 13 or 14 cards. You needed I, 36. Yeah. yeah I like. Was, I found the door that needed 36. And I, was,
3: I think we probably got close to the same place. I just didn't play it as much. I didn't I sink a lot of time
2: into I'm pretty it. sure I had two keys. Uh, but I did like the du- the directness at the beginning of the opener, like the tutorial, but it was like, you are going to do this now. And I was kind of like, well, that's different. Like, instead of just saying, like, press A to do this, it was kind of interacting more psychologically than I'm used to with other games. I
0: made a note on mine, and I'll just get it out of the way now. Like, I I like that. Like, it had that. But then it did, like, have press A or whatever to Mm -hmm. do this thing. And I was just like, but you had this really little (laughs) puzzle that we just did that taught me about the switches and the things, and you did the good thing why are you mixing the bad tutorial of just tell me, press the arrow keys. Like I read this rock and it told me about arrow keys. And it's like, I don't want to read the rock about the arrow keys. I want another room that, you know,
2: I did like the rock that was like, sometimes people will say multiple things and then you talk to it again. It's like, but not rocks, but not rocks. Yeah. (laughs) That was fun. Um, I just felt like when I was playing it, that there were too many barriers too many times coming into a place and you're like, oh can't go that way, can't go that way, can't get there's a gate or there's a rock or there's something in the way, and the way that they presented the map with the room squares on the grid didn't really portray the way you moved through the rooms because you yes. could come through them on the corner or on the water or on the top behind fences or whatever. So like trying to get to places on the little mini map room chart. Was really frustrating.
0: One of the things we've talked about, I think, is mentioned on this, or at least I've said it so many times, I feel like I have, is that the original Legends of Zelda, you can move anywhere. You have free reign, it's a grid game. But if you pay attention, as Link walks from one side of the screen to the other, if you're walking straight to the right, he will drift into the grid line. The game auto corrects your path to sort of, like, snap to grid so that you're not going to get caught on a corner or a thing, even though you still experience full motion. Like, you don't feel like I have to step on the grid. You know, you're not locked to a grid. Uh, And that little subtle bit, I mean, it's not something you pick up on maybe on the top, but it makes a huge bit of difference when you're like, this game, you don't have it. Also, you couldn't play this game with a
2: D-pad. What gives? So I had I to switch. I was playing one-handed for a minute while uh, using, like, shift and control, and then I had to switch to playing two-handed because of the jumping. It, it needed to be more precise than I if could do. If you
0: use a uh, gamepad, you did. could do the, the um, thumbstick, That's but what you I couldn't did. set the D-pad for your motions. Yes, and that was wonky. That, that, come on, man. You're yeah. doing
3: a retro game. <laughs>
2: I was still I was doing, doing arrow keys and keyboard keys. So.
3: I switched off a of gamepad to keyboard for that exact reason, because it was just weird trying to use a thumbstick when you needed that level of precision on a grid.
2: And then I, I took about a, a week break, too. So I, I played the 40 minutes. I got frustrated. I stopped playing. Uh, I came back and played another hour or so and, and started to get through some more stuff and built up some cards and had progress but then i stopped and now when i loaded it up this morning i really i had no idea where to go or what i had done or hadn't done i know the portals had the little indicator that you had like finished that area the little crystals that were yeah, up over the yeah you but when i was walking around after not playing for a week i really didn't know some of the areas they didn't have the crystal but when I started going through it, I had already gotten through that particular puzzle set and maybe gotten like the the wide-angle Dust Broom or the Extended Broom or whatever from those puzzles. So I like went through a whole dungeon again to see that I had already finished it because it didn't have anything new for me. And well, that the, the card I needed to actually finish the area was out in the area. I just had to get to it and open the chest.
0: So your experience there is unlike it if you just played it... Normally, because you get to that door needing 36 cards and then like there's a good bit at the end, I'm sure you did it too Levi, of just hunting for these last cards. Because I want to say, I don't know how many cards are in the game, the total number that you can max get, but I want to say, it feels like there are only 36 cards before you open that 36 gate.
1: I think I have 37, but there's not many more
2: cards in in that. Yeah, I don't know what would have made it better for me, but some kind of indicator, more in-depth indicator for what I had or hadn't done or where I had and hadn't gone. Some of the rooms I had gotten to, but maybe I only walked into it one square, couldn't go any further and came back out. But when I'm looking at the little mini-map, I don't see any other connections to that room, so I don't know if I've actually finished it. You need it like the
1: compass in Zelda, the little <laughs> flashing. Things. Yeah. Oh, here's where you need to go to yeah. pick up the item.
2: Yeah, that would have made a huge difference, actually. Or maybe even like a color tone shift on the mini map, like that this room is done, done, not just that you've walked into it and back out. They had that you've opened all the chests or killed all the enemies or done whatever. Yeah. Which they- I will admit, I used to walk through. So I was like, okay, this is
1: the thing yeah, that I need. Okay. okay. This square, right yeah. here. Had- I was
2: tempted. I wasn't having enough fun with the game to want to get a walkthrough to finish it. The maps yeah. definitely help. In <laughs> yeah. the Steam walkthrough. I did like the overall like composition of the game, the art and the music, the sound, just how it was going, the the psychological side where you're talking to people and it was just kinda weird how they addressed you and how they talked that it the whole thing just kinda felt I don't know, rec room for a dreamish, like I yeah, wasn't sure. I'll,
0: I'll have comments on that yeah. when it comes around. I'll have a lot of comments on that, but it did feel like there's some weird theming Thing happen or something, especially at the start. Because at the start, right, you're getting, you're on like a highway bypass,
2: and somebody bicycles and then yeah, in the near. Yeah, somebody caves. bicycles
0: by, but then you got like a wizard dude, <laughs> and it's like, what's going on? You know, I, I did like that. I,
2: I thought it was neat. Uh, and then that jumping sucked. I I really didn't like jumping. I think I remember I that when there was like a <laughs> oh, circle <yeah>. of little <laughs> You
1: gotta. Hit each one, then jump at the end, <laughs> and then go across. Yeah, that drove me that mad at ridiculous. times. Yeah,
2: yeah I, I generally liked interacting with the puzzles with the vacuum or broom and putting the dust down or using it to get on the water or activate stuff. I mean, like, just the playing... The puzzles were okay. I just didn't like jumping.
1: There was like a spring spot or a little pogo spot that would flip you over like a fence, but you had to hit it at the exact right spot or you'd go too far. (laughs) The
0: jumping puzzles required a precision precision of control that the controls didn't provide. It seemed like there was a mismatch there of you need to be more liberal in what counts as landing on something um, because I don't really have pixel-perfect control over this guy. Yeah. um, Or you need to not focus on jumping as, you know, be a little,
3: not require such precision.
0: Right. Not have puzzles that require. Yeah. That's what I mean.
2: Yeah. I almost wish it didn't have jumping altogether and some other form of interaction. All
0: right. How about you, Don? Um.
3: I at first I did really like a lot of there are I guess I should say there are a lot of elements of the puzzle design I did like one thing I did like is I started noticing that there were pretty frequent checkpoints that would refill your health, which, you know, if this were Zelda, you know, you might run into some of the same traps, but then you
1: might have to go farm for hearts between them. That's one problem I had. I never could tell which checkpoints gave you back health and which ones didn't. It seems like it was really I didn't figure out until the
0: very very end um, the checkpoint you were at didn't heal you. Any other checkpoint would.
1: So it's like, okay. That makes sense.
0: And that would have been nice to know because it's like there were times where it's like, there's no way to heal in this game um, other than the checkpoints. You can kill monsters and they will drop parts, but so it, was, it
3: was, kind was kind of rare. rare yeah. Okay, yeah, there's no carrying. Right, okay, I heal. see what you're saying. Yeah. I did not realize that. It was just later in the game, I was like, oh wait, these are healing me, but it may have been because I was in a... I think it was the dungeon where you go underwater and there's multiple entrances and they each have a checkpoint, so I was probably changing checkpoints a lot.
1: They could have just did a simple graphical thing, change it to a different color if it's going to who you Then have yeah. to use it. Remove that collar, something like
0: that. Um, I did have a complaint, and I didn't write it down. You made me think of it. That the the health items dropped were not consistent among the enemy types versus how hard they were to fight. Like some (laughs) of the guys with the little axes, the little like reaper dudes, those dropped like a full like shield of heart or whatever. Um, full heart every time it's like worth three on your bar and then like the lion things that just like wreck you over and over again (laughs) you find oh yeah maybe you get a half a heart there were a lot of enemy types that took like they
3: were tough and they there wasn't necessarily like a clear pattern like i know a lot of games are like you attack when they do this animation you back off but like the lion so the dogs or whatever Mm -hmm. were just like no, they're going to run at you, and you need to...
0: Yeah, the AI uh, is just, find player, move that direction, attack.
2: Yeah. And there's no pattern you could figure out or avoid. I didn't like the ones that shot projectiles. I feel like I couldn't get next to them without getting hit.
3: Yeah, the frogs... And the little that shot the yeah. yeah, frogs were really tough in, in the one... I think the level you stopped in... Um, well, the last level I finished, too, just because... I think I got most of the way through it before I or maybe even finished it before I went back and got the little broom extension that fires the shot and then like, oh this is how you're supposed to take care of. <laughs> um but just in general I thought the fact that checkpoints refilled health was a a little bit of an improvement over you know what Zelda tends to do. Um, the puzzle design, it seemed like slowly taught you new tricks. You know, when you were first able to pick up dust, it was just kind of this, like, hey, here's this thing. And you slowly learn to do more and more with dust. Um, I thought that was an interesting combo as well. It kind of reminded me of the uh, cane in Link to the Past that will create blocks, but it ended up being more versatile. And it was. I think it was an interesting use of theming where it's not just, we're going to create this generic block or something. It's like broom and dust and not something you would have normally thought of. And that said, like by the time I ended up in the cave um, with the platforms that were activated by dust, it was just like, I kind of want a new item in here doing something,
0: you know, it seemed like everything was, that's what aspect really fails of down when it's going for, like, this Zelda metaphor. Form. Yeah. It's like, there's not that many items or, you know, yeah. uh, things to use in this game. And then you can really sort of feel, like, an overuse of puzzle mechanics because it's like, yeah, Zelda's all about, like, okay, you get this item in this dungeon, and now there's a whole new set of puzzles that wrap around this new item, this new ability that you have
3: in some ways that that might make it more accessible. And I don't know if this is us coming at it through the lens of we grew up playing these games, but it kind of felt like you only need to learn one trick. The broom picks up dust. The thing that changes is dust does different things when it comes in contact with water, with, uh, you know, these platforms with, you know, and so it, might be a little bit easier to teach you no longer have to figure out like I've got this boomerang and I got this bow and arrow and they they're both ranged attacks, but they both kind of do different things and now I have to test both of them out
0: right but I guess the point I was making is that with the broom and the dust yeah it feels like okay I've I've seen a broom dust jumping puzzle room I'm I'm tired of these like yes I, yeah you know, okay so yeah I'm gonna carry the dust around so I can use the dust and activate this switch I, I get it. I did that the last three rooms. Like, there's no new ideas to do with this. And yeah. it seemed like that
3: was... There were no new ideas. It just got harder and required more precision.
2: Or like having to backtrack to get it to cross the water. Yes. And that... the only dust was like seven screens away. Yes, <laughs> that That drove me crazy in and that one One of my annoyances with
0: the, the, the water riding dust is that damn thing got caught way too easy on yeah. the corner of something. And then, like, you may just lose your dust and then Which go back. goes back to the grid tracking, I think. Yeah. Um, in general, I think I had the
3: same problems you had with some of the world design. Um, kind of like you were saying, uh, if you go back to, like, the original Legend of Zelda or Link to the Past, the world is typically designed, the overworld is typically designed in these long loops. You know, you'll go back, you know, you can cycle back around through the entire world, get back to where you were, you know. Um, what anodyne seemed to do is it had some of that where there were loops and stuff, but they tend to be blocked off. Or like you said, they tend to, you had these two paths that crossed that were just completely unrelated, but crossed in the same room. And, you know, it was kind of hard to figure out how to read the map.
1: Um, They also had to deal with the windmill, so part of the map was completely blocked off until you came back later and those steps were
3: removed. Yeah, and one of the things I noticed, especially leading up to the windmill, some of that area was you would follow a path for several screens and you would realize this is either a permanent dead end or a dead end I can't do anything about now. And that was just kind of frustrating because it's just more stuff you have to remember. I, I almost feel like it had, okay, if you, if you go back to Zelda, the overworld is kind of designed in a series of, like I said, loops, you know, like everything's accessible to you, except for a few areas that obviously aren't, um, if you get but when you got into a dungeon, you know, you would, it was more linear, you would get off on these little, uh, branches and not necessarily come back to the main area for a while. Um, what it felt like was Anodyne Anodyne's overworld design adhered more to to the Zelda dungeon design pattern, if that makes sense. Um, It kind of left me feeling the same way I did with Axiom Verge where I'm continually getting further and further away from the places that I know. So I, you know, I'm I feel like I should be able to come back and explore these later when I have different items, but it's going to be really, you know, it's getting harder and harder for me to do. So, um, and I don't know, that may be a a crucial part of having an exploration game is you have this home area that you keep coming back to and, you know, kind of grounds you as opposed to just continually going further and further out. Um, which is not to say like, Zelda is definitely a linear game. It just hides
0: it very Amazon well. had um, The Nexus. Yes. But I guess the feeling is that's not really a home as much as a level select warp menu.
3: Yeah, and I think the 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 problem for me, that, that was actually the last note I had here was it's it's a nice addition because you can you can fast travel really well. I just it was one of those things, it was on multiple screens. I would sometimes, you know, I'd find a portal and I'd end up on a completely different screen or I didn't understand the order of it. And it was just one more thing that I would have, one more maze that I would have to deal with. And it was almost one of those things, like, I don't even want to think about this. I'm just going to go back to where I was and keep plugging away because it's more more confusing.
2: It might have helped more if the portal nexus had been more linear. Like, or, yes, like these, yes. What these portals Or if go to
3: if it had been just a menu that filled in, then I would have a better sense of like where I, you know how far along I was, or how
2: they relate to each other. Yeah, yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah. But that was, I, I think that was what started to kill it for me. Was like you, you said the same place, probably the same place you were, you were having problems. Was that cave? It's just like. This is complicated. This is requiring a level of precision. I'm not, this is not the exploration game that I kind of expect a Zelda like game to be. So, um, it wasn't a bad game. It was just, <clears throat> you know, not, not really what I expected it to be in terms of exploration.
1: Yeah. Well, how about you, Levi? Oh, okay. Uh, I'll. Th- Took about seven hours I did finish the game, and it was developed by another two-person development team, Sean Hogan and Jonathan Kitaka. And first of all, I didn't know what anodyne meant, so I looked it up.
0: I looked it up as well.
1: You may have more analysis for this than me, but... uh, my definition that I found was not likely to provoke dissent or offense, <laughs> inoffensive, often deliberately so, or a pain-killing drug or medicine, so maybe you're on drugs the whole game. I'm not yeah, sure. yeah,
0: it, it, um, that's, that's the definition that I came up with, uh, too. That's
1: like the standard Google definition right there.
0: Um, yeah, like, like the first hit, and it's just, like, okay, because I was looking for, like, finishing the game, Yeah, and you finished the game, I didn't feel like I had answers to what was, what was that? What was going on? What was this? You know, like yeah. you, you hinted at a bunch of stuff, and I don't think you resolved any of it. Yeah. Um, so, guys yeah, like, what does anodyne mean? Does it mean something? Yeah. You know?
1: It's like, yeah, you got this briar kid, and there's some conflict there, and he turns into a big plan at the end, and you both go walk out into the sunset in the water or something. It's another like friend, and then. <Yeah>.
3: Um, hey, I,
1: maybe, maybe, maybe it's maybe I stopped at a good place. <laughs> um, well, I did make a note. This was just about the right amount of story for me uh didn't like prolong it or anything it's like okay little few lines of dialogue let's get into the gameplay although i made a note a little bit later on i wish there was some explanation of why these different zones were like so different from each other it's like one time you're like in like a forest next time you're in an 8-bit world yeah
0: you're in game boy land <laughs> oh yeah next i remember that
1: black okay. and white world next time you're in a department and there may have been no reason for that. Maybe they just wanted different graphical styles just all. Yeah.
0: And maybe coloring this is our last game was Franbo, yeah. where it's like all of these zones had like a mirror or tie. It's like a real world like mental hospital or, or this area or something like that. It's like when I go into the hotel, it's like, okay, did did an event happen in the real world at a hotel? Or, or is there some significance? Like, why is there this hotel? Why is there this little Pokemon village where I run around and kill everyone? Like, what's
1: going on? I don't feel like I ever got an answer. Yeah. Um, yeah, so when I started playing, the broom animation really bothered me for some reason. I don't like it, and... Pixelized games where they just poke with the sword. That looks so unnatural. I always like it, uh, like in games like Link to the Past. Where you have that swing animation. I know the reason why they do the poke animations because when you press the button, you want that instant like interaction. Like you want, when you press the button, you want the enemy to be hit. You don't want any wind up frames because that's what apparently makes games feel sluggish. But in the Link to the Past, they do sort of a poke, but then they have like that little swoosh off to the side. So it gives the appearance that it is swinging. Then you finally end up. That requires more art assets like yeah. if you do the original
3: zelda it's just you stick the sword behind the character you push it out you push it back well, one at least
0: one in asset the original zelda, though like Link's shield comes back yeah that is and true he shoots the yeah. shield so at least it's still a one frame animation but at least it gives it more motion of like
1: yeah he just lunged it's not a, a poke <laughs> yeah the poke bothered me but um, one problem that I had is it was sometimes hard to tell if you had dust on your broom. I wish there was some visual representation. Yeah. Now your d- broom has br- dust on it, so you can use the dust. Um, As you all mentioned earlier, I thought there could have been more items. Like, uh, There's only one broom upgrade that I found, aside from the one at the very end, which just lets you solve the little colored puzzle at the yeah, end. That, that thing has its own room for... Uh,
0: I saw you... Eventually go uh, Facket. I think you walked you yeah. through to get to that. Yeah. And I was on the verge of doing that um, when I just entered the right combination and, like, I had no idea why that worked. And I thought, like, I had worked out, like, what it was doing, and I put them there, and it didn't work, and then I put them in, like, the same spots again, and it worked. Yeah. And it was just, like, what? I don't understand this puzzle at all. And then I did read online there was something about, like, um, going to the places where the statues were, as yeah. some indication. But I was like, there's only three statues. Why would I have thought to go back to the statues? There's four tiles. There's only three statues, guys. Yeah. So,
1: you know, it's like I'm not going to figure out the last one. I think I gave it a try the first time, because I know you're supposed to go on the outside of the wall and reach each of the stones, and it gives you some clue – that correlates the color to the boss. And I think there's three of those, but then the fourth one didn't have anything or it is empty yeah. on the fourth one. So I guess that one you weren't supposed to change. But then I was at the point of like, okay, I can't even remember what the boss of this dungeon was. If I could, then So if you I- went
0: back to where the statues were, if yeah. you even remember that was, because it's not
1: like there was anything on the map yeah. that
0: said, this is the warp zone for the statue of this earth The statues, I think, are in the colors of their stones. Yeah. That was behind that boss. Yeah. So, and then that symbol is on the statue as well, I think, but after I, like I said, I got it by luck, but even looking it up, I was like, I don't see how anyone gets it. And it's an easy post to find, because it's like the number one post on Anodyne is this puzzle. Yeah.
1: I could have done some things to flesh that out a little bit. Uh... I did like the black and white world because it reminded me of Earthbound, even though it was crazy. It was weird how you could just go up and kill innocent civilians, and the shadow creatures would come up and attack you. I guess you guys didn't get to this point. No. But that was a very bizarre part of the game. Um in the one world, uh world, the camera for those mountains or just a forest or whatever, it seemed like there was a lot of rooms with nothing going on and a lot of repeated enemies. It seems like I saw the same two bats on every single screen. Yeah. It's like <laughs> we need to come up with some different patterns or That's one of like, my overall complaints on
0: the game is that it felt really large and very low density of anything to do in any given area. Like there's a lot of screens, just, there was just there's a lot of flyover screens basically. Yeah. Know, of like There's nothing going on here. Why is this screen here? I think that was the issue I had with a lot of the dead ends of, you know,
3: it took took several screens to get from, like, this kind of hub area where a lot of different paths connect or where a portal is to the actual place that's dead-ended, you know.
1: Yeah, um, let's see here. Um, I, I didn't like the fact there were uh, a lot of levels with no clear boss to then. I think we said there was like three or four different bosses in the game. Like in the original Zelda, there were like the eight bosses of each dungeon. And then when you finished the dungeon, it was clear that you were finished with that level. Sometimes you had to go back and pick up some of the items, but there was a clear ending point to... Each of the levels. Now in this game, it's like, well, you just collect a bunch of cards and you just need to pass that gate with that card number on there. I think I think there is I I let's play this game. So I'm gonna be uploading the let's play videos. Um
0: and I wanna say there is like a dungeon that I remember like saying, you know, when I got to like, is that is that it did I did I do this? Did I yeah. miss a boss?
1: Did I... Like the hotel manager, you beat the boss, is like a Goma-style fight there, and you get go to the next room, it's like, okay, am I done here? Do I need to warp out? Because I feel like I should be taken... Yeah, I think I was the one that didn't
0: have a statue or something. Like, one yeah. of them was different from the others, of how, like, okay, you beat the boss, you move a stone statue, or you get the stone statue and get the key, yeah. and it was like,
1: nothing. And, yeah, that reminds me, I, I don't like games where you have to fight your way back out after you finish the level like in. Adventures of Link or whichever game is like after you collect the crystal and you put it up, second Zelda game, you just walk out of the dungeon and you're done. Or the first Zelda is like... No, you Just porch you to the front. Yeah, get, get me yeah. out of here. I don't want to fight my way out. Exactly. Um, okay, so the first puzzle that I really had difficulty with, and I don't know if it was an actually a puzzle... <laughs> But I spent quite a few minutes on it. Uh, There's two enemies. There was like a blob in the upper right-hand corner, and it was like gated off, or there were rocks around it, so you couldn't attack it. Then there was like one of the little shieldy guys with the ball on the back of his head. It's like a dark net where you got to hit him from behind. So I killed the little shieldy guy and it's like nothing happens, and I can't reach the blobs. So I walk into the next room, walk back. Okay, the shieldy guy respond. So I I heard myself say this on the stream. I watched it back. It's like, okay, how do I do this if... These enemies are respawning on every screen. So spent some time walking around, can never figure it out. So finally I go and kill the little blobby guy, then come back around. Oh the blob guy doesn't respawn on it. I screen. remember that. But all puzzle. the other guys respond yeah. on every screen. It's like, why? <laughs> I think
0: I wanna say that you could reach that guy with the spreading.
1: Oh, I didn't have the spreader. Which, which by is the that one point.
0: you didn't have. That's yeah, like the that
1: first dungeon I did.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um I think that was the one I saw you at the end of your playthrough video. Didn't have that one. I was like, okay, you can miss these uh, and make it through, which it like went sideways when you attack. So I think you could like uh, hit that guy diagonally.
2: I picked that one up early on. So I had that as my broom. I just.
0: Yeah, that was the one I got first.
2: I don't even even remember really far into the
1: game. I was like over halfway done until I got the spreader upgrade. So the
3: spreader, like I got the one that just shot out ahead of
1: you. Yeah, so there was the extender. And then there
0: was one, instead of shooting out ahead of you, it shot out to the left and right. Like a T. Okay. I used that one for most of the game. That's the one. Because it was hitting like three squares for damage.
2: That was really nice for for taking out bats, too. Yes, those bats are (laughs) freaking annoying.
1: Um, it did take me a while to figure out that I could use the dust and put it on water and ride it, and I, I don't know, it just it didn't seem intuitive to me at first. I mean, it that's kinda all what
3: dust does. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it kind of reminded me of uh, Adventures of Lolo, where you could take the egg, put it in the water, and ride the egg. Which I thought that was a neat yeah. mechanic, it just wasn't very intuitive in this game. Um, so I, I realized you can ride on the water.
0: What I missed was, and it's going to be great in the LP. It is um a very obvious place you could dock. And so there was this region down south I could never figure out how to get to. And it was annoying me. And I figured I'd have to get another item and I'd come back later. And then I'd get, you know, on the dust and I'd ride by it. And I just like went screen after screen by that area. And in fact, I never realized that was shoreline. I could just dock and walk. On. It was it just looks like regular shoreline um, because everything else is rocked off. What happened was. I was running from some creatures shooting the frogs. I think we're on lily pads out there. And I went down a screen and then I got my dust caught on something. So I walked off into the water and drowned. But when my character came back on the screen, he was on the landmass. I was trying to figure out how to get to. So instead of appearing like, oh, you weren't on that side of the map. So you should appear on the side that you have to still figure out how to get there. I got there, and then I found that shoreline by going backwards, because at that point, I'm like, well, this is where I was trying to get to anyway.
1: Yeah. Uh, one other problem I had is, like, early on in the game, I thought the little bug was a heart container, like, a, an analogous to a heart container in Zelda. Yeah, right. So I got went through this whole long path and a little bug hit it. I was like, okay, it's a little fairy, it refilled my health. It's like, what was the point of coming over here? Then I realized a little bit later, I was like, oh, that actually gave me another maximized my health. That out. is the creepiest animation I've ever seen. What is it yes. doing after just
0: gnawing on the screen up there, and then you get another heart? Like, what's going on? What was that supposed to be? Because that's what it looks like. It looks like a
1: tick just gnawing on the screen up there, embedding itself yeah, into embedding your, itself, your HUD. I get another heart. Um. I sort of felt like there should be a push block puzzle. There's so many blocks around, I kind of felt like I kept trying to push blocks yeah. around to see if it would open a door or anything. There were so many spots in the map that were blocked by a rock. Like
0: yes. A, yeah. I expected to either destroy or push those at some point. And uh, a complaint I have of the game is that that's never the case. You get that swap tool at the end, and I think that's what it is for, yeah. just to like unlock an area early, yeah. but... It's terrible because it's like a staircase into a stone. Tells me I can smash that stone, and it's like this is a new game plus thing, and it's just so misleading.
3: Oh, is it actually open? Can you open those on new game plus? Yes. Does it give you I okay? Play new
2: game. It's like why can't you just jump over? I can jump really you high.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and I can't jump over it. Like there's a stone in a staircase. I obviously can get up here, you know, because it's not a row of stones or anything else. Like why would there be a staircase if I couldn't? I think one thing I'm
3: noticing is we definitely, given that all of us play the early Zeldas, we're all we're coming to this with a lot of baggage. We're coming to it with a lot of expectations of what it should be. And that's probably true of a lot of things like, I'm going to make a Mario game. I'm going to make a Zelda game. I'm going to make an old school JRPG. Like, your players are coming to it with a certain set of expectations. And if you don't meet those expectations in the same way that the original did, well, it's Better if you kind of go off and do your own thing. I,
0: I. I I I yield to the point that we have a good amount of history with these type of games, and we're bringing a right. bias to it. But I am not going to accept stairs leading into a stone is not something I'm supposed to interact with. I'm no, 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 no. I don't. It. I don't disagree <laughs> like with that. There's but some view of game design where that's acceptable. No, no, no. But I mean, you you have to come at it from that that. I mean, the only step you can go for that is like a door. You know, right. There's a door at the end of this hallway that I don't open?
3: Like, what? There's no reason. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Like, you you walk all the way. It's, again, what I was saying about dead ends. You walk all the way to the end of this passage, and there is a stone. Yeah. yeah. I ran into a couple of those.
0: And it's clear there's areas you're supposed to be on the other side of the stone because there's a chest with a stupid card in it. Yeah. So it's like, I know I'm supposed to be over there. Well, it turns around. You go around the entire side of the world and the map, and you come back yeah. from the other side, and then you get that. And it's just like, why is this? If that's what I'm supposed to do, then don't put the stair on the stone there. Just close off, like every other tile shows that the height has increased and you can't go up it. Yeah. Just do that there. Like, don't put the staircase in the stone for a new game plus thing that is not going to make any sense to. Yeah.
3: No, but I mean, we're coming at it like, oh, this is a stone. Maybe I can push it at some point. Maybe like, you have to consider. What assumptions your players are making, even if those assumptions aren't necessarily the sort of thing that would follow if you just played this I'm game. not profiling. Tiled stones. But that
0: stone looked like it wanted to be pushed. Okay?
2: That's what, no, no, I understand. That's the difference between being uh, single tile objects, like the stone that right. exists By in, itself. yeah itself, yeah. versus something that c- crosses multiple tiles. I don't feel like I can interact with that because yeah. that—that's a barrier. A like a
0: row of stones is yeah. like, okay, I'm not getting past that. That's a border. Yeah.
2: Well, a, an individual and it and it's nice and neat right there. Like I'll just destroy this one and. Well.
3: That is a good point because we we basically fundamentally understand like some of the basics of of game programming there it's like no if this is made up of multiple objects then obviously no that would be complicated but one object <laughs> well, that's wow. easy that's like the way you do All it you
0: have one object out here like that's
1: top. yeah uh, I thought the introduction of the red sea level was interesting there's like a fisherman like sitting at the end of the dock and you like push him in or if yes the one, then you fall in it's like red it's like okay. am I swimming in the fisherman you intend to push him in
0: no. No, I, I went up to, to talk to him. I this think. is even okay. This is either terrible or genius. And I don't know which. <laughs> but the talk button is the attack button, and I made a note like right from the beginning of like that's terrible because if I can hit an NPC and I'm just out of range of talk, right, then that's going to be bad. I'm going to accidentally hit an NPC, and I am going to do that. And then it's like it sets you up to like go talk to this fisherman, <laughs> and then you like shove him to his death down there, and then jump and then, in. Like, but if you did this with intent if you made it the same button knowing that people would be like oh my god i just shoved him into this whirlpool of death that's his blood there i sacrificed i you know i didn't mean to do a ritual you know um then that was genius because like I had the same reaction you guys did of like oh dear god did i just do that
2: the whole bloodworm level afterward too like this, that oh was god. like yeah, it got kind of creepy. Those big walking things that couldn't do anything with.
1: It reminded me of the third level in Link to the Past in the Dark World, where you can come out of the level, go back to the overworld, and go back in, and different areas would pop up. And you weren't just constrained to this one map in the level required going in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, don't I can't remember which one. Yes. You get the yes. fire rod and yeah. you burn the little snout to the whatever it was down there. Um,. One thing I was disappointed in, there really didn't seem to be any real benefits in defeating enemies, aside from getting a little bit of health. It'd been nice if they had some sort of currency or some sort of items to pick up. And I thought this was actually hinted by the salesman. He's, he had like a purse or something. He's like, oh, if you pick this up, you can get currency or something. And yeah. it never did happen for me. So. Yeah, it was <laughs> like some weird joke of like, you can buy the
0: wallet with money so you can hold money, you know? And yeah. Like, oh. And I mean, it turned out like he's just this one really, he's part of one really one-off weird adventure game quest of like, talk to the cat to get the box, to give it to the guy, to yeah. get the thing, to get the shoes that let you jump. And it was like, that was neat, but it was weird that it was just a one-off. And then yeah, that yeah. wasn't like more of that in the game to get more items.
3: I think it was probably supposed to be, a, not really a joke, you know, kind of playing on those tropes. But again, you expect certain things from those tropes. Um, just actually, I think that's one other thing I've noticed. Like, we didn't all get the same room upgrades and stuff because you know, again, from a Zelda game, we assume that that's kind of deterministic. If you go along this path, you're going to get most of these items. I mean, the yeah,
2: first place I, get I went the to was the, you'll get the, the bomb. worm. You'll have, yeah.
0: The first dungeon that I did outside the like starter area was the worm dungeon zone. I don't know what you guys started with. And it sounds like, because the last one I did was the apartment with the insane dust and jumping puzzles, and that was my last one. Um, And if that had been, like, my first one, then I might have been rage quitting with you.
3: (laughs) I did, I don't remember if it was the worm dungeon. It was just kind of a generic cave sort of thing, as I remember. Um, It had a statue in it.
0: That's the one where you knocked the...
3: Yeah, that was the second one I did, and the third one was the cave with all the like spike jumping puzzles and, and the blob like the thing one. that you
1: were talking about. I did no, like no, no, no. The castle or something, the blue castle. I thought that was first for everybody, but maybe you could.
0: Oh that's yeah, so what I'm talking about. Like you have that, oh, you have okay. to get out of that yeah, zone. That's what I thought. And that ends with you getting to the nexus or something, and then you can yeah. like step back, but
1: um, okay. Uh I think we might have mentioned this earlier, but it's hard to determine like the difference between water and actual holes that you can fall into. It's like, oh, I thought I had to walk around this, but no, that's actually water that I need to walk through. It's not a hole that I'm gonna fall in and lose life or anything. Uh the ending was kind of crazy, some unexpected profanity. I thought it was like all G-rated and then they <laughs> dropped some F-bombs, like, oh that that was yep. unexpected there. And um Thought the boss battles were good. Like the very final boss, where you did the little uh, ping pong poga or ping pong back and forth with one side with the ice hand. The other side was a little bit difficult because you're supposed to like put dust, and the little fire shooter would ignite the dust. But you had to put it in you
0: three had to different. in it because it started blocking it. Yeah.
1: Exactly, yeah. and you couldn't ever put the dust exactly where you wanted to. It always come out on one tile from where you expected so so you like that fight i, I didn't it was terrible. i didn't like the fire part i thought they could have done the fire part better but yeah overall uh, um, i didn't mind the little spikes coming up and having to
0: jump and, up i to mean that. that boss is throwing out way too much damage for basically being like a bullet hell boss and my main complaint with that is that the game didn't feel like it set you up with the other bosses yeah. for this boss fight this felt like throwing you off a difficulty cliff, of like, you know, here you go. This is insanely hard all of a sudden. And the rest of the game, most of the bosses I beat by just spamming an attack over them and just yeah. like healthing through real nice any strategy. Attacks. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I did like the hotel manager that was like Goma from the first Legend of Zelda, but just from the other side, but you had to wait for his eye to open. Unfortunately during that boss fight the game froze on me. So I had I think I had two freezes in this game. Oh, okay. Uh, one one was a hard freeze, the other one was one of the jumps on the accelerator pads, and I actually fell into the wall and I couldn't get out, so I had to restart the game. So um, I liked I found a hidden object. I think it what was the level? I think it was called space or something. You had two different sides. You had the orange king cube and the, the dark king cube. This probably sounds strange if you haven't played yeah, this part. It, um, I was it at the back of the apartment? I think it led up to the apartment. I mean, it did lead yeah. up to the apartment?
0: Um, I, by that point, because I did that area, that was my last area. I do remember just like, all right, yeah, whatever. Do you have anything over here? Do you have a chest? No, I'm moving on. Yeah. You know, unless you could
1: keep talking to that Kim Cubo. Yeah. I actually did the whole loop did and you? it, it okay. took like 10 minutes. I
0: was like, through. I saw that and he repeated and I saw another cube. I don't even know if I talked to it. Yeah. I was just like, do you have
1: a card? No, I got to <laughs> go on. I got things to do. Well, the one thing I did like about that area is there was a ladder, and I thought it was a glitch at first. But you could like kind of walk behind, then you could start walking up, and it's like, am I supposed to be walking this way? And you keep walking up, and you walk over a little bit, you go into this secret area, and there's a heart. Like a heart container from Zelda. Really? I didn't find this. And you pick up the heart, and it gives you this line. It's like, oh, this heart container does nothing for you. I was like, that makes sense, because this isn't Zelda. This is <laughs> this is Anodyne. So, <laughs> wow. Heart containers mean nothing in this game. So I th- looking at some of the Steam achievements, I think there are other hidden items and other cards, I guess, in New Game Plus. So there may be more things like that, but I didn't get to those. Uh, I thought it was humorous as well. At the very end, you get to the final gate from the sage or whatever. It's like, oh, you need 36 cards. Oh, now you need 96 cards or whatever. But you never did actually have to find 96 cards, so I guess, it's just a ruse or something. Yeah, and, and it, it opened. Through again, anyway. Anyway. Um, yeah, so that's all I had for Anodyne. All right. I um, tried
0: to, like, if you guys had a point, get it in there so I'm not, like, once again, 30 minutes at the end of the podcast. Yeah. Um, I played about six hours, or oh, I did about six hours, 49 minutes was the, the game over screen. 62 deaths, 36 cards found. I did the bare minimum, and I'm like, I'm out, I'm out, I'm done. Um, the first impressions on the game was first of all, it was a weird aspect ratio choice. Um, yeah. But I guess it's also a mobile game. But when I looked at it, it's like, just puts the D-pad and the controller button on the screen type game. I cannot imagine doing those jumps with a touchscreen D-pad emulator. <laughs> like, that just seems torturous. Um, the I already mentioned the opening tutorial mix uh, when Joe was talking. Um, it auto saved. Like, you didn't have to save at checkpoints. It just was saving. Um, so you didn't... Um, Lose anything at any point. it just constantly save. and I'm like, thank you. like please stop having these like I have to go to a save menu and save like if you have a save anywhere, then just auto save like if if you have already put in a save anywhere and you don't have auto save i'm gonna i'm gonna I'm gonna call you out on it from this point on, right because that's just like putting a burden on me for what you should have done, you know. Um, now, if you don't have an autosave save and you don't have a save anywhere because you have game mechanic reasons, and that's fine. Um, but if you do, then just be auto saving all the time. At the start, I did like the humor, like the rock and things like that. But it quickly wore on me, and it got me to the point where I, I lost interest in the story, like the writing and all of that. Was just it was nonstop with this humor. It never like took the pause and um you know uh, one thing with the cards because i was expecting the cards when i got them at first to like explain a bit because here's cards of the creatures i'm seeing so what is this creature all the cards are just bad puns and it's like guys you know one thing you can take from the souls games is to put lore descriptions on your items and your collectibles so that like i have a reason for going in and reasoning all these things and just like don't make a bad pun. Like, what is this creature? What is the this boss? Like, there should
1: be a little description here of like, oh, the circus acts were once the da-da-das or whatever. You that know? was one gripe that I had, because I remember in the original Legend of Zelda, like, if you wait long enough on the title screen, it'll give you, like, a short story. It's like, oh, Ganon took the Triforce of Power, broke it up into eight pieces, go find them all so you can get to the last dungeon. Maybe just a line like that to explain why I'm collecting these cards right. would have been helpful.
3: I get the feeling that, because it seems like a lot of games have that sort of humor in them. Or at least some of the reference, like, I know there was one boss I fought that was like, hey, you still playing those Nintendos, and it was clearly meant to be kind of this quirky thing. It's almost like, that's great, but it's almost like this love affair with sarcasm that, you know, no, I want the, the, the game that is, like, cheesy and, and uh, good
0: cheesily authentic you know like it, it's not trying you to, to you have to like dial it back I think you need, yeah you need to throw up like all these puns and go like okay we're gonna cut like 80 percent of these the 20 percent that are really good stay in and then yes the payoff is yes. much better because i'm blasting through all the dialogue because most of it's the 80 percent cheesy puns that aren't funny
3: well you know what i mean though is like it'd be nice to see some some games like this just play it straight you know not necessarily like be heavy-handed just Play it straight. It's it's okay to be serious. It's okay not to be sarcastic about everything.
0: I I don't know if it's a direct call out, but the the hub world was called the Nexus, and yeah. it's very Demon Souls like in the game design with its bonfires and its central world zone, and it's called the Nexus in Demon Souls too. So, um, if you want to drink, because I mentioned the Souls game now on the podcast, <laughs> go ahead, everybody drink. Um, but I mean, in my defense, it was I was like that was my reaction. And then I'm like, you guys called the Nexus.
1: Like, that's the exact same thing. It's called there, so... It's like at the beginning of the game when you meet the girl and you wreck her bike or whatever. That reminded me of, like, the very first Pokemon episode. I don't know if it drew from I there. I the Pokemon girl for my entire play, Oh, okay. I don't remember her name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she and she named her bike. I was like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. That's
2: kind of weird. Oh. It made me wonder if we were going to get the bike later, like, mm-hmm. as a tool for getting to new places. Um... Well, I thought that would have done, too. Now,
0: what they could have done if they were taking the Nexus from Demon's Souls is actually make it a space to where, in the Demon Souls Nexus, characters hang out there, and they're transient. Like, they don't stay there. They don't, like, permanently... It's not like your Bioware campsite party that's always at the campsite for you. There are NPCs that are there sometimes and not the others, but it's a central hub for everybody in this space. But you sort of walk around this actual space to go into different... Um, Stones that you touch to then do the warping. Same thing in, in Bloodborne. You go up to the gravestones and that warps you into the back into the other world. But it's this a little zone that you can move around in. It's not like this void of black that just looks like a really bad menu screen. That, like you guys said, could have just
2: could have been yeah. It, it would have been clearer <laughs> <laughs> if it was a menu it screen. Been better as a menu,
3: yeah.
0: Um, so the main gameplay turns out is to collect cards to progress. Um, that is actually what you're doing. Even the keys are not like the main point of the game. You've got to collect these cards. And this is a key loop of the worst kind. Uh, key loops being like where, and this literally happens in this game, Of uh, you come up to a locked door in a dungeon, you use a key, you get in behind that area, you fight to whatever's in there to get a chest that gives you another key. And it's like, there was no point to this, guys. I had a key. I could have ignored this entire zone. Um, And that's, the cards are just an extrapolated version of that, of like, here's a gate. It's got a number on it. Go collect a bunch of things and come back to it. And it's like, I don't feel like I'm doing anything that matters. I don't feel like I'm making any progression. Like, yes, you have to gate the areas. Yes, you have to do that in the game, you know, to make interesting levels. But you need to make it in a way it feels like I'm accomplishing something and not just like, oh, I hit the locked door. Let me go circle around, make a loop until I find the key and then I unlock that door. And now I feel like I progress. All that stuff, getting the key, doesn't feel like progression. Um, and this game had a ton of it. It
1: reminded me of a lot of Banjo-Kazooie where you got to collect the puzzle pieces. Like The pieces had no like significance, but you had a door and it had a big number on it. It's like, oh, get 12 to get past this door. And- Get 120, get the pets of door <laughs> I don't really like games that
3: do that. Because, again, like you were saying, it's it's hard to tell if you've gotten everything in the area. It's just, like, make those smaller
0: I mean, yeah. chunks. you're a stone mm-hmm. throw away from a starting NPC in an MMO fetch quest of, like,
3: go get yeah. me six wolf
0: pelts. Yeah. Right. Now get me five feathers, you know? Like, that's where
1: we're at, guys. Um, but at least in Banjo-Kazooie, when you're in a level, you could press pause, and it would show you everything you've gotten and what you need. I don't think Anodyne really had this. Like, well, I think there could be more. The only way, like we talked about the crystal earlier. There's the
0: crystal over it, and then in the menu, I think they, like, had question marks of where more cards would be because there was, like, four pages
1: of those suckers. They yep. have like, outlines of keys, but you don't really know where to get the keys.
0: Yeah. But the three keys came from the three first bosses with the stone statues. Um, which then just did the windmill, which by the way, I know this is petty, but speaking of non-progressing shenanigans, that chest by the windmill really irritates me. So there's a chest by the windmill. You go into the windmill zone, you get the three keys, you unlock the gate to the windmill. You go in there, there's a chest and then there's a ladder. The chest is locked by magical force. Okay, I'm going to have to do something to get that, right? I'm going to have to get power, get an item, do something. Climb up the windmill, cutscene plays, climb back down, you can open the chest now. Okay. The cutscene was the magical force. And it's just like, okay, if I could not get what was in this, uh, which was a card for the windmill, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> if I could not get the item until after I saw the windmill cutscene, then put the chest at the frickin' top of the windmill on a platform on the way up or something. Or just give me the card for playing the cutscene. Is this the one that, like, moves the statues?
3: Yes. Yes. Okay. I can see how that might be an issue of, like, we're communicating to the player that things in the world have changed more than just what we've shown you.
0: But yeah, it's you know, one of those it didn't
3: like move
0: the yeah. chest. It didn't like blow the chest. See that'd be a thing. You could have the chest up on the left. windmills don't move
3: statues either so yeah. like, I mean it's not necessarily intuitive. the statues, like, are, statues are, are heavy in hell
0: by the way. they're through a portal in hell right One of the statues is in the the portal zone uh, where the fisherman was. So that's a powerful windmill. But the the chest could have been on a ledge, right? Right. And then you would have saw all the statues go and then got down and realized that the chest also blew off. And I'd be like, okay, that makes some kind of sense. Not, did you climb this windmill? That's the magical barrier some ancient force trapped this card with, you know? (laughs) I have noticed... I did say it was petty.
3: I did say yeah, it was I was gonna say I've seen other games do that. Like bravely, default does that. There's a, there are a lot of chests in the world that you'll see. Oh, you can't open this yet. And then you get some item, and it is annoying. It is like, oh, man, I, I feel like it I'm not.
2: Goes back to early Final Fantasy Dragon Warrior. Yeah, it's think- like the blue chests or whatever that you can't get. You Can only open the red ones, and you just kind of have to remember where they all where are.
1: They yeah. are. I thought the windmill was a reference to Crystallis for the NES, which we all know very well from our other Knoxville companions. Developers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But in that game, like one of the very first quests is to activate a windmill that after you activate that windmill all of a sudden like on the mountain, like it explodes, and there's a cave that opens up. It's like, how in the world did the windmill cause this explosion? That, that might explain it. Now,
0: if you recall, like my official stance on that game is it's terrible, and the only reason our friend likes that game is because he didn't get *Legend of Zelda* as a kid. And His mom got like the other one, and he's on like a path to prove it was a good game. Still, I mean, look, there's a 30 year chip on his
3: there's a lot of games that we all played that we thought were good back then when we were not adults and and could not afford more games, and there weren't that many more games out there. So, you know, uh, but I think this is another case where you're like, oh, everything in this is a Zelda reference because this is
0: obviously a Zelda game. It's no. And I then I realized it in its description page though. Like they use the term Zelda like.
3: Yeah. So uh, But I, f- I forget Crystalis is a thing that existed. That's yeah. what confused me about like uh about well about Evil Quest too, like. Wait, oh this is not Zelda.
0: Right, right. This is uh, a Crystalis. Um I um uh, the the favorite zone was the, the red zone, the the portal to hell whatever it was. I really like the um, worm door mechanic puzzle of, like, you could look and see, like, okay, there should be a way to make a door appear. That means I need to go back underground and find the worm that's going to make it come up. Uh, And I really like that. and Overall, um, I liked a lot of the puzzles that weren't necessarily difficult puzzles. They were just interesting things to do. Yeah. um, Except for all the jumping puzzles. All the jumping puzzles (laughs) can just die. There's no... (laughs) Like, this game, and the fact I couldn't use my D-pad even frustrated me even more. Although I think by using the thumbstick, I could hit, like, 45 and 60-degree angle jumps, you know? So I could make, like, when you had to jump off moving platforms to other moving platforms, I could sort of, like, you know, make that angle, if I waited too long, I could, like, make a sharper jump that you couldn't do with the keyboard. Um So maybe that lessened it a little
2: bit. I had one room where... Uh, before I was aware that you could like load the moving platforms with dust to move them, that I did try to like jump around from the platforms just by jumping at the very last pixel and seeing that you could actually get like three tiles over,
1: Oh, if were you, you supposed to put dust on Because that's what I did. I just tried to hit all the little platforms and jumped over. But it seems like the one thing that always killed me is they put like a bat, like right on the other side where you're going to land. And it'll knock yeah. you off. Yeah. yeah
0: that... You're right. I want to say, I didn't make a note of that, but I seem to remember like, yeah, there was some like, you need to jump the last possible moment and then you can make this jump. Mm-hmm. Um, I do remember a couple
3: jumps like that. I'm actually surprised like the the platform thing I didn't realize you could do some of those without having the dust, but that that was one of those things that took a second of like, oh wait, this is another thing that uses dust. It doesn't make sense
0: why it uses dust, <laughs> yeah. but it uses why dust. Is putting dust on a switch, activate it. Right. Don't think too hard about that.
2: I did. I did. uh Kept expecting to find some kind of destructive tool, and I was kind of uh, disappointed that it never did, like a bomb or something to. Blow things up.
0: I want to say, um, Legend of Zelda does have a lot of large areas on the map with nothing really going on in them. Oh, yeah. Like that forest zone is kind of big, but it sort of does two things in Legend of Zelda. Um, or, or there's two things I'd say about that in Legend of Zelda. One is it does seem to like cordon you off, and like you're really only dealing with these six to eight screens for a while. Yeah. And then it's not a big deal because you're not constantly crossing multiple zones, so it doesn't seem as bad because um, you're not dealing with the whole map at once as much as you're dealing with a little area. And the second thing is is not everything Legend of Zelda did is perfect and right and should be copied and
1: brought forward, you know? Um, well, the one thing I did like about Zelda, like if you did have to make those long tracks across the map, you're still killing enemies. You're still getting rupees, which I can use to either buy my blue ring or to refill on my health potion bottle. So there was still kind it of a, a... Purpose, yeah. even if it was lower one, there was nothing here. Anodyne is just, you're walking across blank screens. Right. You're killing bats that do nothing for you. Yeah.
3: Even like Link to the Past, when you had that overworld, like you said, you were dealing with, you know, the, the light world overworld was pretty open dark world Overworld was very cordoned off, but it was kind of an
0: open area, not like the past is very sectioned off of like, until you beat this dungeon, you can't go to this next zone. Yeah. Um, and, and that's like a major change between the two games and maybe why they did that, you know, because I'm sure back in the day, a lot of people just got lost and gave up and led to Zelda because there was no indication of where you go next. You know, I feel like it made it, 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 kept you, like,
3: in the same general area, like like I said, my one of my issues with Anodyne was you just keep going out and out and out and out and out. Um, it, I feel like Link to the Past kept you in the same general area while still making it feel like the Dark World was kind of this hostile, you know, it's not going to let you progress as nicely as the Light World
0: is. I mean, if you want to see how unguided Legend of Zelda is, and that prop to its detriment, to the negative, if you have a friend that has never played it before, knows nothing about it, if you were in that lucky situation, let them play it without some guidance of how to get to the first dungeon. You know? Like, I'm pretty sure they'll find the sword. But after that, there's a lot of screens between you and that first dungeon and a lot of different ways to go before you even realize dungeons are a thing you should be looking for in that game. And it doesn't seem like it'd be crazy to think there's a lot of people who pop that in and then never found a dungeon, or wandered into Dungeon 8, or something, you know? Um, not Dungeon 8, you have to burn a bush to get to that one. But, um, like, Dungeon 9, I think, is open, but you'd be dead before you got that far. Um, so, I mean, that's sort of one of the push and pull things back with Dark Souls, is that when you start off, very explicitly Dark Souls, the first Dark Souls, most of the other Soul games put more effort into it than Dark Souls did, or... It's not effort is not the right word, but more design behind guiding you to the first step of like, here is the easy way to start. There's a lot of footage of people just starting Dark Souls going like one of the harder paths because there's no indication other than you get the crap beat out of you. And you should realize, huh, I don't get the crap beat out of me as hard this way versus that way. Maybe I'll go this other way. You know, you just get locked on like I almost made it to this point let me see if i can make it to there and then maybe that's where i'm supposed to be um and then that's one of the push-pull things of like oh, yeah it's kind of cool to have that every once in a while but overdone um like this game did it's just kind of a frustration
2: yeah and stylistically too like with zelda i mean if you were going through transition screens it was still making sense sort of like forest forest grass now town yeah and it's and like they, you feel like an okay. antidote. you're like forest. Beach, mountain, hotel. Yeah, it's like I've underwater. Stepped out
0: of, I've stepped out of all the forest zones, so I can like mentally block off that area and say, like, okay, that's a separate zone. That's the rock zone. I'm going to stick to the forest zone and cover it. And you know, back to Dark Souls. Keep drinking. Just keep drinking.
3: <laughs> um,
0: they put those fog gates up. So like you come to a doorway and this is covered in fog and you have to walk up to it and press a button to walk through it. Sometimes there's a boss on the other side and sometimes it's just another part of the zone. But it's a good checkpoint of like, okay, wait a minute. The developers are telling me right here, that's a new thing. I'm starting a whole bunch of new, like there's not a quest log, but if there was, I'm going to get a whole bunch of new quests on the other side of this door. So now's a good time to do a run around, make sure I think I've got everything, that I find what I want. And then I feel like I've covered the zone and I can progress and move on. And so even though there's not explicit levels, there's not level one, level two, level three, the map is sectioned off either in Legend of Zelda by the terrain or by these fog walls with that. So, um, let's see. I already said I didn't like the dust surfing. Uh, weird adventure game logic.
1: Uh, apparently, I ran it on key loops twice. I got another key loop rant down here. I'll <laughs> one thing I didn't like was like a a gated key behind another gated key. Is like, what what purpose? You gotta have the blue, then you to get the red one. Shouldn't I have the blue? Or maybe they just like double check you at that point. Yeah, I at
0: first I thought when I first hit that that um, I was going to the next dungeon, yeah. and I was like, okay, each key is going to unlock the next dungeon, and this is how they ensure I do them in order, but.
1: You could do any of the dungeons. You
0: can do, any do a dungeon in any order, and I just opened three doors in a row. So, okay. um, so this annoyed me that while riding a switch platform, if you moved, there's chances are you die, right? Like the game didn't take into account the motion of the platform and then apply that relative. So, like, if you barely land on the switch and you want to walk forward. All right, the switch is moving. You don't move forward twice the speed now. You just walk forward at the regular speed. Uh, and it's it harder to like adjust and it makes it easy to fall off. But on top of that, when you were on the switches, it played the walk animation. Like the animation made it look like the guy's moving. And I'm like freaking out sometimes of like, no, no, no I let my thumb off the stick. I stuck the landing. Oh, it's just the animation playing. So um, that was there. Um, I talked about that weird exploit where I died in the water and then appeared on land I couldn't get to um, on that screen. Um, <clears throat> the um, bosses seemed like, and this is weird and there's no way I can confirm this because there's no health bar in any of the bosses, they seemed like they took less hits in subsequent attempts. So there was a couple of bosses I died like once or twice to and then I just sort of went in and did the same thing of just going up and spamming the attack a bunch. Um, and then it works. And it's like, I felt like I hit him that many times the last time I did that. In fact, I felt like I did twice as much damage last round and died as I did this round. And I don't know if there was a hidden, like, we're chopping the boss's health off so that you don't get stuck.
1: But I can tell you for certain that was not true on the last boss. It would have been nice if there was, like, a boss health meter or something. If it's going to take more than three hits to kill, have a meter. But I think I counted, like, 12 hits, like, yeah. on each boss, and maybe 11 one time. But at some points it was like, am I re- even damaging the boss, or am I supposed to be doing something I mean, something there
0: was no, here? like, master that. broom to find to get, mm-hmm. like, a stronger weapon. Yeah. So
2: I had that happen, uh, the, the one with the hands and the yeah. face. Where I wasn't sure if I was supposed to hit the hands or hit the face.
3: Oh, yeah. A nice. mouth that opened up there yeah. or
2: something.
0: So, like, my last issues here are just, like, thematically with the game. Like, the broom. Why? <laughs> what's the broom's significance to anything of the main character on that? Who the heck is Briar? Who is, you know, what's what's going on? Is this, a, is this trying to make a narrative statement that video games are bad and that you're missing, like, life? Or is this, like, a statement, like, some of it seemed like, like, she's still playing the Nintendos, and, like, is this, like, people who are adherent to the 8-bit nostalgia era, and, the, you know, the 16-bit, and get upset if, like, your 8-bit homage to a Zelda game doesn't do tit-for-tat what was possible back then, you know, or you use too many color palettes, or use too many, you know, sound voices? Is that what the commentary is going on here? You know, am I dead? You know, is this, is this like a play on, I have an uncle who works at Nintendo Story and he trapped a kid in the game partridge or something, or what's going on? I, like, none of this, none of this got resolved or answered. It was really frustrating because of all the cards that you collected, they couldn't have had a perfect spot to piecing the story together. And then I would have felt less like this was an MMO fetch quest. Because it's like, okay, yes, I'm collecting the cards and it's the world's worst key loop to get this stupid number up to open this gate. But at least each card is a piece of a narrative that when I get enough of them, it's going to become clear what's going on here.
3: And I got the cards out of the order that they're shown. So it would be very braid-like where you're piecing together like, I've got this part of the story. I've got this part of the story. How do they all fit together?
0: And I'm really curious, like, what's the card in between these two? You know, and that would be great and awesome. It's not this game. (laughs)
3: <laughs> no, I, I pretty much assumed early on that the story was going to be weird and I was just kind of like okay I'm just going to wait until there's a reveal
0: I didn't hit a wiki at the end of it I actually wikied about that puzzle but I didn't actually wiki to see if anybody like what's the meaning of this game to see if there was a meaning So, uh, any closing thoughts anyone I probably need to actually do that
3: I, I'm curious to see what I someone thinks kind of want that- to
2: watch the rest of it now they Watch yeah, well, I was say, like our
0: playthroughs or something, like the weird places that we talked like about that happened got- post that stop point. Um, it did get kind of weird and abstract. Um, I did do it across multiple sessions, I kind of needed to just to, so like, I had to step away from this for a little bit.
1: I think I did yeah. like a 30 minute, an hour, then a four hour, just to that's exactly wait. the way I did it. Like, I, was I should
0: like, have taken another break in stop. my last like four hour stretch, yeah. um, just because like it just compounded the frustration of like. Hey, I'm on the I'm on the let's play of like, oh, hey, look, it's another jumping puzzle room to get a stupid card. All right, <laughs> let's go do that again. There was a stretch, and I think it was the the
3: place with the jumping, the where you first get the jumping. That just like there were a couple puzzles I just kept dying on. Like, pff, okay, I died. Continue. Uh, fine. continue. Fine. Continue. Just yeah. I don't want to. Uh, I just want to jump off the cliff and have this over and done with.
0: Uh, the ending is the worst when you like hit that door and you've got like 26 or 27 cards, I think is what I had the first time I hit the door. It's like, I need 36. And I look at all these places and it's like, walking back through the apartment, the jumping puzzle room. Or was that the apartment? No, that was the caves, wasn't it?
3: Yeah. I, the I said the place where Joe and I stopped. Yeah, there was an apartment. <laughs> then there
1: was the hotel. I'm thinking of the... the Okay, maybe I'm thinking of the hotel. The hotel had like the elevator in the center. The, like the apartment elevator? had the.
0: I think the hotel the, had the worst jumping puzzle. I don't think yeah. you guys saw the worst of it. Uh, <laughs> um,
1: there well, were some parts where you're like riding the little block, and you got to jump off, hit a switch, exactly. jump back on, jump on you another. You had to one. like oh. carry, get dust from here, carry it down here,
0: ride this, jump off, hit the next one, start it, jump back on the other one, and all you know, this, yeah. And then you get a thing of like. You got to find another card in this area. I'm like, I don't ever want to go back in this area again. But it's the only area I didn't have a diamond in, so okay, I guess that's what we're doing, um, and and just trying to try it out. So, well, that wraps up uh, Anodyne um, and our our thing of that. Once again, we're not doing reviews, so don't take the podcast as a review. It's a game design critique. The point of the podcast is to tear down the game and talk about its elements and how it affected. Um, that's always going to sound more negative than positive. It's just the nature of critique of this type. So please don't take anything we're uh, here as, like, whether the game is trash or great or amazing or, or terrible. Um,
1: yeah, it wasn't a horrible game. If you're a fan of Zelda type games, I think you'll probably have a good time, especially if you get it for a good price. I mean, a couple bucks, I definitely Yeah, I it.
0: got it somehow in the Humble Bundle. I think I did point. too.
1: It's in my library. It was already in my
0: library. It's one of the reasons we picked it. So our next game coming up is uh, Barony. It's called, excuse me, Barony Complete Edition on. Cursed um, Edition. Or what? Cursed Edition. Cursed Edition. Uh, um, I think they got a website. They got like a humble bundle widget. They got like a Steam page. So, however you want to get it. Um, Looks like a throwback to early dungeon crawling RPGs of like Until Underworld and those kind of things. Um, so, that should be interesting to see how that does. Uh after that. And I could tell you next after this game I wanna like get out of the um retro games.
1: <laughs> um, go back to deep meaning story games.
0: Maybe like I know, yeah, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, these deep meaning. What games. other types of games
1: are there? Um the first person shooters or something. <laughs> I
0: don't know. Uh thing that we haven't had discussion on is whether we open this up to games one of us has played, of like recommending a game that isn't indie game that I have played knowing that I've already played it but I'm at least giving a recommendation because I think it's good. Do that. Cause I don't know. I know I'm wanna, fine with that if I, I can would leave. love to do at some point like the Quest. Um I don't know if anyone else has played Defender's Cove. Oh, yeah, um I mean I'd love to like break that one down because it's a genre mix game. It's an RPG tower defense uh game and I think it has a lot of excellent things going for it. And I know it's a good game. And I'm not going to sit down and like, oh, this is terrible. And I've actually played that game multiple times through because it has a nice replay mechanic in it that I wouldn't even mind. Like, yeah, I played this, but now I got to play it again um, to do that. Heck, That's one of the few games that I've I've got. uh, It's not a Kickstarter, but that developer has like a funding page, a crowdfunding page for their next game. I just like, here you go. Here's 25 bucks. Tell me when it's done. Tell me Defender's Quest 2, just, I'll get an email one day, I forgot about the 25 bucks until I mentioned Defender's Quest, and I'll get an email one day that says, like, here's Defender's Quest 2, I'll be like, I forgot I got that, you know, (laughs) and I'm looking forward to it. Um, all I know about the 2 is it has turtle tanks, because he sent out, like, a thing of, like, it's a turtle with, like, a cannon strapped to its back, and then, like, the thing is, like, yeah, turtle tanks, they're in Defender's Quest 2. Like, all right, I love your marketing, that's great, you know? Um. So uh, if you need to find anything about the show or about us um, well let me just let you guys go into your own Joe where do you find information about you?
2: I uh, can hit me up on Twitter at double square Joe or my website's double I have all the other links. Anything
0: there. commercially too you want to plug is fine at this moment.
2: Uh, I'm, I'm getting started on iOS so I'm, I've been working on getting all my Android games over to iOS. I've got two done and available now. Um, and the uh, third one should be available this week uh, just check out my website to get all the links and stuff for that
3: Dylan how about you? Uh, Dylan Wolf on Twitter uh, Um, don't really have anything new out but uh, Shifty Shapes I think I put out last month from my last Let'em Dare so that's there on the uh, Google Play store
0: all right, excellent. Okay, Levi.
1: I have a few. You a few things <laughs> uh, LeviDSmith.com, you should be able to find all my stuff. Uh, Check out my YouTube, Levi D. Smith. You can find me on there for my latest developer commentary videos and my playthroughs, such as my playthrough of Anodyne. Definitely want to give a shout-out to Splazer, or Splazer, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but he's like the number one Knoxville game design fan. He does a lot of great (laughs) gameplay videos for our game, so we really appreciate that. I put Mutant Veggie Arena on Steam Greenlight, so if you like first persons where you shoot big cartoon vegetables, be sure to go on steam and give that an upvote and also i'm rebranding a lot of my stuff to levi d smith.games before it was either like levi d smith software or levi d smith games and entertainment but i think rebranding to levi d smith games that's where you can find me on facebook it will help me out my seo a little bit narrowing that down a little bit that's all
0: All right um i am uh at vinyl v-i-n-u-l-l on twitter and vinyl.com which has got a link now to um my presentation, and my games, so if you want to check any of those out, uh, I've got on YouTube, these are video, I have vinyl, which I haven't posted to in a while, I'll let you know if I do, Uh, but you go check that out, I have some game discussion videos and tutorials on that channel, but uh, these are video games uh, on YouTube, that channel is a Let's Play channel, so more loose, I will be posting my Anodyne uh, run there, so if you're hearing this now, it's already up, I'm going to time them to sort of go up Uh, around the same time, because I didn't... I was really torn emotionally about whether I should post one ahead of the other, and realized I just overthought that, so I won't... I will probably, let's play the next game and just post that as I finish it. Um, so it'll be up before, but... Um, you can check that out, but also on our channel, um... We recently played um, some Overwatch. We did Catherine. We did a full run of Catherine. I am very happy with that run, and especially the ending we got in Catherine, because our Catherine run, we decided to be the jerk uh, and pick the worst possible answers. And it even got interesting because the worst possible answer American may not be what is the worst possible answer from a Japanese-designed game. So there were some where we thought we were picking the worst answer, and then the little mini
1: goes toward the blue side, and we're like, "What?" Because um, I remember when I played through Catherine a couple of years ago, they had like live polling; it would actually download. They the still statistics. have that. Yeah. They still have that. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, well, but you like got to play it again to get the bad ending. The bad ending's great. Um, well, so we got. Um, I looked it up. We got. Not the
0: super bad there is like a layer the super bad's pretty cool. Um there there is the um the ultimate ending on the one side. But there's a tier before that and that's what we got. And I think that's what you might be referring to um
1: I won't go into spoilers.
0: Yeah, I won't go into spoilers (laughs) on it unless you just want to go look it up. But uh, we'll talk after the podcast and compare notes. Uh, Because I think that's the one we got. And that's why I'm so stoked about that pod playthrough. Because I looked at all the other endings, and I'm like, there is not another ending I would have been satisfied with in this game. Um, So that one's up. I'm really happy with how that one's going. Uh, So if you want to just pop in there and just give the channel a taste, I would recommend starting with the Catherine videos. And we'll be posting No Man's Sky videos uh, I recorded four hours of gameplay with the audio turned off so that didn't come out. Uh, I put a three minute time lapse up. I just did the let them dare thing. I'm like, I'm gonna use this four hour footage somehow. I'm not just deleting this file. Um, I'm gonna like uh, took the th- the extended version of our theme music and put that underneath it and then let it rip um, and you know uh, seizure warning before you watch that video. Um, but then when you watch a game, at that speed, you sort of realize what a lot of your time is spent
1: on, and then you realize there's a lot of menu time in No Man's Sky. I did that for Final Fantasy IV, and the like, last like 20% of the game is just the final dungeon, just grinding. Just grinding? And, yeah, so I was like, that dungeon. did take a lot of time, just grinding at the end.
0: I remember when you did the, um, the, the Zeldas, yeah. you did the first three Zelda games, and it's like time-lapsed or whatever, you know, it's like... 60 seconds, or whatever you had it for, like, Legend of Zelda, and then Zelda 2, three minutes, and then one minute again, 60 seconds on Link to the Past, you know? And just progressively I would
3: definitely believe Zelda 2 would take you that long.
0: Um, I want to go back and play that game. I like that game. That game's a weird offshoot. It, yeah
3: it's also a bad game it
1: gets a bad run. it is it is
0: a branch like with
3: Castlevania II, Battle of Olympus and stuff like this of RPGs that never
0: went anywhere. They're like weird stub branches that ideas came out uh-huh. of that got informed later. but it's sort of just weird it's cool seeing the industry try to do something more than just action RPG and like they didn't hit those perfectly. But it's sort of just cool. And also not not copying the previous game. Like,
3: okay, we just need to yeah. do this more and better.
0: Yeah, this sequel sure. is going in like a wild direction. Especially Castlevania 1 to Castlevania 2. Yeah. You know? Like Zelda sort of still has the top world. And you sort of have like the encounter system of like a Final Fantasy was prior existing and all that. So yeah. it's like you can kind of see what they're doing here. They're playing around with some Final Fantasy ideas. Um, and trying to incorporate that The Castlevania too you know like, what, what were you guys doing who were, were you
3: how does any of this make sense yeah
0: but I, I love it too it's another beautiful fall gym so um, closing out the show um, you can subscribe to us on Google Play on iTunes you can go to Knox Game Design and check us out I want to mention we got an actual review on iTunes Like the yeah. awesome yeah. Us out is um, leaving us a review on these things. Leave us an honest review. I'm not asking for stars, but the review actually is a little tick mark of like activity, and you know, some subscriptions are one. But that is also like, hey, if you care enough to post, that helps boost and helps discoverability of the show. So I want to give a, a shout out to um, Rectar. Rectar. There's a lot of numbers in the spelling of this, so I'm just going to go with the Rectar. Um, and its title is awesome, and it's Love the Podcast, Keep It Up. So there you go. Thank you for, um, leaving a review. Uh, we still don't have enough for an aggregate review on iTunes. Um, so right now his five star, um, review left behind is dominating, but I guess if you leave a comment, it shows up immediately with your review. So, um, yeah, leave a comment, Google Play or, uh, on iOS. That really helps out help the show. Um, like I said, that game, Barony, cursed edition. We'll be checking it out and discussing it. And we'll see everybody then.